a feeling of sort of being brittle. You sort of you are working hard and you you do things over and over again and it all works. But any anything at the moment that comes from a slightly different different size feels like it it's just broken you down again. And that's that's mentally, physically, and financially nowadays. And, that, and I'm certainly not just me. It'll be every CBD restaurant. Today on Dirty Linen, we are getting out of Melbourne and Victoria. We have been here for a while because there has been so much to talk about. But it feels like the action, and not in a great sense, is shifting north to Sydney. So we are checking in with Stuart Knox from Fix Wine Bar in the city of Sydney. Stuart, how are you going? Yeah, look, doing okay, all things considered. Um, we've done this before. Um, it's a little moment of deja vu. Uh, so, yeah, just sort of, look, we, we're trying to get ahead around it, really, I suppose, is the, the reality. Like like we've done before, we're, not, we're just not quite sure what's actually going to happen. It isn't officially a lockdown yet, um, but it feels awfully close to it. Does it? Because we know that your Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, hates lockdowns. I mean, I don't think anyone loves them, but she's certainly been inclined to try to manage the outbreaks um, without locking down the whole city. Um, but I mean, looking, I've, I'm no expert, but I've, you know, been obsessed with coronavirus for about a year and a half. And it does look like um, there do seem to be obviously more cases every day and some mystery cases and lots and lots of exposure sites. Um, I mean, does this feel different to some of the other outbreaks that Sydney has coped with? Yeah, absolutely. I um this this one is much more reminiscent of March 2020 than uh, than anything else we've seen throughout the time. Uh, because it's such that it's it's happening so quickly as opposed to previous ones and it's so widespread. So we're we're southwest Sydney, we're the Shire, there's cases in the city and the eastern suburbs. It feels feels like this one has got a uh, momentum that the other ones haven't. Mm. So as we talk, it's it's Wednesday um, and there were a whole bunch of new restrictions announced today by the Premier of New South Wales. So masks are mandatory indoors. You've gone back to one person per four square metres. Um, and, yeah, there's restrictions on visits to the home. It's all seated service, so there's no standing up at the bar. I mean, that's a big one for you, I guess. But I think also you, your position there in the city, um, of course, corporate trade just dies in the ass, right? Exactly. And that's, that's sort of this one's this one, well, like the other ones, but this one feels even more so because it is so close to home. It's sort of the lock, it's a Clayton's lockdown, the lockdown we have without having a lockdown because the CBD is a hot red zone hotspot. And the, the, the general uh, terms and talking from Gladys over these last couple of days has been avoid the city, avoid the eastern suburbs if you can, if possible. Um, and obviously the CBD, <laughs> the Sydney CBDs have got a long way to go anyway. So, yeah, it's been a um, – we've I think we've lost – well, now I'd say we've lost 95% of our bookings for this week already. Oh, wow. I'm really sorry to hear that. We trade at sort of about 50% bookings and 50% walk-in. So, um, and but all of those things, I'm, I'm not expecting a lot of walk-ins, funnily enough, with all of this as well. <laughs> just doesn't feel like, what should we do tonight? I would just stroll around and, you know, have a few fun glasses of wine. It's The vibe's not really there, hey? No, not at all. Not at all. 
So are you are you staying open tonight, for example? So tonight, no, we're going to close. Um, it's a it's a it's a combo thing. The bookings we had tonight have all cancelled. Uh, so there's nothing on the book, so I'm not turning anyone away there. Um, with the updated exposure sites and timing for um, the Westfield Bondi Junction, that has actually affected two of my staff members as well. So they've rushed off to get COVID tests and have to isolate until they get their negative results. Um, so we sort of had a double whammy. It would actually only be me and one chef working the restaurant tonight, even if we were open. And I just figure it's not, look, there's, it's just, this is like what I did the same thing for the Northern Beaches outbreak. I'd rather err on the side of caution. Um, I always say in hospitality, all the publicity is good publicity, but except when you're a COVID outbreak site. It's just it, it, those sort of photos in the front page of the news aren't really what I need. No, that's one of the new maxims dated back to 2020. It's, exactly uh, right. Definitely not the sort of publicity that you want. Although on the other hand, I think, you know, I think we've all become a little bit used to it and you sort of do understand that it's not, it doesn't mean the business is tainted forever. Um in a way, it's it, it, we're sort of beyond the Ruby Princess, I think, where it's like, you know, that you, you know you can do a deep clean, and hopefully, you know, the customers will support those businesses because they're the ones that need it even more. But at the same time, of course, you don't want to have to battle your way through that situation. And the other side of that, as well, from a from a small business perspective, is that if we have a COVID positive case come through the restaurant, with that means all the all the people working that shift have to isolate for 14 days. Well, that means we're closed for 14 days. We don't have a second team, funnily enough. So that that takes out basically every single member of staff, give or take maybe one or two who might be rostered off that day. So we, it's just when it's when it's this hot and there's the business is not around, it's just not worth the risk as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, wow. I just really feel for you and for everyone in Sydney dealing with it it's just really sucks what are you hearing from your colleagues you know are a lot of people taking that decision to sort of get ahead of possible increases in restrictions and and closing or what are people doing yeah look at the the messages have started to flow through this afternoon um certainly i know i'm not the only one that's very much looking at what their bookings are and things like that look we're we're all in hospitality we don't want to disappoint our customers so anyone that's holding bookings i think will sort of still hold strong at the moment um but yeah everyone's everyone's on on edge is to say the least um look we've seen what melbourne's gone through so many times we know how how tough it is and all of those things so we're just there's is some very tense people and there might be some quite hungover people i think tomorrow as well for the same reason yeah, it's. I mean, you said at the start of this chat that it feels like March 2020. I mean, can you describe that feeling? Like, what what actually are you feeling? Yeah, look, it's it's look, it's a there's a certain there's just a tension and a I've I've learned very very quickly. Well, not actually that quickly. It's been quite a long time now that we've just got to take every day as it comes. And 2020 taught me that more than I never really needed to know, frankly. But, well, but um, I had actually thought we'd probably just sort of rolled through the, the worst of it. Um, I'm generally a pretty sort of glass half full person. So I was, even though, look, through in March, you're just there going, I don't know what to do. I suppose to a degree, 
that's what also brings me back to this is that the northern beaches outbreak or the the one that we had in february march and then we had a little blip in october november last year they were times where we had protections in place with job keeper um uh, legislated rent relief all of those things were there whereas march last year and right now there is no there is absolutely not a cent of protection or any of those things right now so i'm back to how am I going to pay the staff next week? How am I going to pay the rent? All the all those worst case scenarios are coming bubbling up from the uh, from the depths of my mind, and I mean, and that's probably as much why it's feeling like March 2020 as opposed to the other ones. Yeah, that really makes sense. And even. I hadn't really thought about it until I said it all out loud, but that that does make sense, really, doesn't it? It's that deep uncertainty, and I, I mean, it definitely reminds me of the kinds of conversations people were having here. Um, well, it's almost a month ago now that we went into that lockdown that ended up being two weeks. Um, I mean, it's interesting the way that the federal government structured the COVID disaster payment, which which, which was announced towards the end of the first week um so i suppose there is a framework for kind of looking after some people depending on what happens i mean obviously you know i seriously hope that somehow things turn around and you don't go into lockdown at all and then of course you don't wish a longer lockdown on anyone but it is a really weird structure of support um that it doesn't kick in straight away and then it's obviously completely different to JobKeeper in, in that the, everyone has to apply for the payment personally. Um, so, yeah, anyway. I see. And that's it and it's exactly that. I've, I've obviously, funnily enough, today I sort of did a bit of reading up on that and I went, well, that's really just a mess and it's going to be it's, – it's, it's no point because if we get to two weeks lockdown and after a week of sort of no business and this sort of – like I said, the Clayton's lockdown that we're in the middle of at the moment, then you do it. It's just more harm than good by the time we get to it. I don't know. Anyway, well, it's sort of, it's just a, it's a very murky crystal ball I'm looking at. Yeah. I don't think we've got the right rag to polish up that ball at this point. No, no, I I think we just need to throw it off a building at the moment. (laughs) Um, Stuart, I remember listening to your chat with uh, my brother podcast, Deep in the Weeds with Anthony Huckstep, um, like right in the thick of it, like more than a year ago now. I think it was when Sydney was on the verge of reopening. And you talked at that time um, about the fact that, you know, there were deep issues and problems with the hospitality industry before March 2020 and that perhaps even though pandemic has was very brutal um, that it did give the opportunity for a reset and a rethink in that intervening period have you been able to do that with your business um partially um we certainly look we we haven't seen I think I've had since that conversation maybe three tables no show so that's wow. that's been a fantastic uh, change, and people's acceptance of having to put a credit card in to make a booking and that whole thing that is that has been an absolute win for the industry. There's no that's so uh, good, yeah, and and I've certainly seen that on occasion someone says, "Well, I'm not comfortable with that," and I said, "That's okay." then you can't book and you're welcome to come and walk in. And if we've got a space for you, we will find a space for you. But basically on the whole, that has been, that's been fantastic. So that's, that's a huge win. Um, the reopening, we did get people to eat 
not just at 12.30 and at 6.30. Um, that slipped back into the old, the old, old ways and means. But that's a, that's a bigger sort of structural issue that comes around job hours and everyone working nine to five in the city. And that's a, that's a big work in progress with the 24-hour economy and the nighttime commissioner and all of those things as well. But that's a, that's a, that's a bigger shift to make than, than I think we'll see necessarily as quickly as I might like. But, yeah, the, the booking thing has been a huge bonus for us. How has the city of Sydney come back? Because Melbourne, I mean, even prior to the latest lockdown was, you know, there still was a corporate trade was still really, really down. Lunch was really tough. Um, what was Sydney like? The same thing. So the um, the figures for CBD building occupancy in, um, uh, in March was 50, 50%, I think. Uh, so we're basically all the buildings were still only half full. Uh, for April, I believe it was about sixty percent. Um, I haven't seen May. Obviously, June's just taken a taken a bath there. But even uh, the, the New South Wales government handed down its budget yesterday, and part of its budget was saying that their their forward estimates is that that there's I can't remember the full stat. It was seventy percent um, increase in working from home. Is, is their expectation for the uh, CBD economy. So they're, they're yeah. So it, in all of that, so we've, we've obviously felt that. What's been, look, the thing for us where we are, I'm probably slightly more protected because I'm closer to the courts area and the courts by their nature are attendance-based as opposed to working from home-based. Uh, so we're probably a little better than those sort of 50 to 60%, but we're certainly feeling it. Um, as much probably numbers are down at lunch, the spend's probably up, so they almost equal each other out. The night times are actually very quiet. It's funny with that, even though it, that's that's our sort of uh, people coming in for a couple of glasses of wine, a small plate, low spend, so you need a certain amount of turnover of seats, and that's, the, that's probably the biggest hit that we've seen this year. That's interesting, and I think, you know, one thing that people say, in Melbourne, and I'm sure it's the same around the world, it's like when people have to wear masks indoors, uh, they just won't come to work. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, it's been uh, any of the old models that we had before of you're busy on a Friday and you're quiet on a Monday and all of those things that we sort of, I'd, we've been here, we'll be 15 years later this year. So I've got, I've got a pretty good feel. I had a pretty good feel in this restaurant of, okay, the weather's doing this. This is what's going to happen from that. All of those models have been thrown out the window. Um, but even without any COVID in the community, it's raining. Yep, no, we're going to be quiet today because people will go, oh, this is a good day, work from home day. It's a really warm, sunny winter's day. It's going to be quiet again because that sounds also like a good work from home day. <laughs> and and all of those things bounce around, but as soon as as soon as masks get made mandatory on public transport, or particularly now this extra one masked inside, which includes in in, in your office, yeah, say goodbye. The city's closed. I just I just can't quite conceive of the energy that it must take to dismantle the expectations that you've built up over 15 years of trade and just, you know, wipe the slate clean and re like rethink everything. It's, it's so much. Yeah. Look, it's, we've, one thing about this place is that 
fix had probably survived for 15 years by the fact that I quite often, well, not not quite as often as I have recently, but I did seem to every five years, right, wipe the slate cream, we're going off in a different direction to a degree. Um, but, yeah, look, the the roller coaster and the moving from the move the moving of the goalposts has, has been a certain certain level of uh stress and sort of um it just grinds you down i was i i was talking to someone the other day i might have even i don't know i might have posted about it socially or somewhere a feeling of sort of being brittle you sort of you are working hard and you you do things over and over again and it all works but any anything at the moment that comes from a slightly different different size feels like it it's just broken you down again yeah the reserves aren't there yeah exactly and that's that's mentally physically and financially nowadays and that and I'm certainly not just me it'll be every CBD restaurant and look the other side of all of this is that all of those suburban restaurants that are in those areas where everyone is going to be now working from home pretty much for the next two or three weeks and no one's going on school holidays are going to have the best probably July school holidays they've ever had. So it's, it's, it's not, it's not all doom and gloom. Obviously if we get locked down, those guys will be affected negatively, but at the moment they'll, they'll actually be that they'll, they've got a little boon coming for them. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess you've got to be glad for the people that it works for. Well, but- Look, it, it's yeah, it's it's one of those things that I'd I'd rather people still be out spending money in restaurants, way shape or form, one way shape or form than not at all. But yeah, look, it's it's uh it's uh it's swings and roundabouts on that one. That's true. So there was a piece of good news that was announced yesterday for the hospitality industry, and that is that chefs were added to the priority migration skilled occupation list. So I know that, um, you know, there are various industry groups, um, AHA and the Restaurant Catering Association were arguing really hard for chefs and also for restaurant managers to be added to that priority migration list. They didn't get restaurant managers over the line, which is unfortunate, but chefs were added, which I think is... Oh, that's huge. That's huge. Um, it's a, yeah. Look, I know, I I know of too many restaurants that aren't trading even in the hours that they would like to because they can't find the staff, and that's 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 really brutal. And they're the r- suburban ones that are going. We've got business there. We can't take it because we don't have the staffing for it. That's that 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 to me would be more frustrating than anything at all. Well, you just don't want to hear it, do you? Because you know that's hampering recovery and those kinds of, you know, trading restrictions that are not of your own. Well, none of yeah, those trading restrictions that just you just can't do anything about that. It's you just you just think well that's going to filter through to the whole economy really when you can't have you can't employ people they're not spending money they're not generating and so it goes around exactly. Yeah, it's just a it's a it's a, a downward spiral. Yeah. So, I mean, would you be in your business? Would you be looking to sponsor a chef, or would it just be that you'd be looking to to ease that situation throughout the industry, and that'll sort of shake down and, and help people in all kinds of businesses? Yeah. Look, I'm I'm in a very unique and fortunate position that most of my staff are full time and have been with me for five plus years. So I kept everyone on through through JobKeeper and all of that. So I haven't had any loss of staff, and I'm actually I'm 
tightly staffed. I actually need another floor staff member, not the kitchen. But I'm actually, having said that, I'm in the process of sponsoring one of my chefs as we speak. But he was already, he's already here, and that's for so he's applying for a residency visa or something like that. But whatever the case may be. Whilst I personally don't need need one of those chefs, that just changes the whole market because it takes the pressure off everyone. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I guess the fact that they're added to the list doesn't mean that I mean, they didn't know. They didn't mention they still they, have to be able to get in. Well, exactly. They didn't announce at the same time a special quarantine hotel for chefs. So I'm not sure exactly. We're, we're not quite there yet. That's yeah. it. But I think it is definitely a recognition by government that the that you know it is. Uh, that there is just incredible tightness in that jobs market and that the industry can't recover um, without more people to work in it. And as we all know, you can't just, um, yeah, you can't find those people straight out of cooking school or, you know, they're not just waiting at the bus stop waiting to come and fix your restaurant for you. Yes. I've I've been scanning the restaurant, the uh, bus stops, but no, not found anyone there at all. Mm. Um, well, Stuart, let's talk about some fun stuff. So given that um, you might need to have a drink tonight, what what wine is floating your boat at the moment? Um, look, oh, <laughs> this is always a, always a dangerous question. Anything that's wet is always the first answer. <laughs> um, well, I also write for The Real Review, which is Hugh and Hook's uh, um online website. So I do a bit of reviewing for them, which which I started, funnily enough, in February 2020. So that's that's kept me occupied. And I do sort of eight to 10 dozen review, eight to 10 dozen wines per month. So actually at home, I've got a quite a selection of bits and pieces which I've opened. Normally I give them to the neighbours. And actually I had a moment on Sunday when I was tasting those and then I've got another box to do. I thought... I'm just going to hold a couple of those back. I just think I'm going to need a glass of wine this week. So, <laughs> yeah, so I've, I think I've I think I've made a right call there. Um, but actually, tonight I think I'm going to go and grab a nice bottle of Pinot off the shelf and just uh, sit back and relax and enjoy that. Have a moment. Yeah. Yeah, great. Well, um, <laughs> I hope your neighbours um, are okay. That's all right. I've, I, I know that. I know that next week I've got to go and collect a few more boxes. So that's all right. They'll, they will, they will live. They won't go thirsty. They, they'll, they'll find a way through it. Great. Well, Stuart, I really wish you guys all the best. I hope that, um, yeah, things turn around for Sydney and everything can be open. Masks can come off. Density can increase, and uh, yeah, things can snap back closer to normal. Um, it's just a bloody roller coaster. This whole pandemic situation. Yes, it it, it certainly is. And look, I I know I whatever happens will be. It will get on top of it one way, one way, shape, or form. Um, we might have a week of being locked down or two weeks or we might not. Um, but I know it was like everything, it'll pass. Um, and there will be one, I'm sure much like Melbourne, I know on the other side what Sydney does is it goes quiet during those and then it comes out pretty hard and fast straight after it. So I'm sure there's a rush on the other side of this one. Um, once again, I don't know whether it's – it seems to be a particularly Sydney thing. It's always – these things always happen just before a school holiday or a long weekend. So there'll be a lot of a lot of people that won't be going away, but I'm sure they'll all be keen for a glass of wine on the other side of it. <laughs> I'm sure you're right. All right, well, take care and all the best. Thanks so much for chatting to Daddy Linen today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for the chat, Danny. It was good to have a chat. 
This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.